This is an original podcast from Union Jack, recorded pre-pandemic in an actual pub. Oh man, do you remember those? Find out more at unionjack.co.uk. Here I am once again in the heart in central London, just waiting on a couple of mates to come along so we can have a chin wag. Oh, here they are now. It's Reginald D. Hunter and Evelyn Mock. Thanks for coming along, team. Hello, Jared. Hey. What's happening? What's happening, babe? <laughs> so glad you got here. Um, <laughs> so what we like to do, first of all, on the uh, on the show is full official intro. So, um, Evelyn, you start. Full name, including middle name, if you have one. Oh, my gosh. And if you don't have one, give us the reason why not. And... Um, where you hail from uh, and how long you've been here. Go for it, Evelyn. My full name is Yuling Evelyn Mock. So my middle name is Evelyn and my first name is Chinese Yuling. Wow, Yuling. Yeah. That's great. Means the bell of happiness. Of course it does. <laughs> uh, I think um, I don't want to be too rude. Uh-huh. But uh, possibly uh, the bell end of happiness helped create... The bell of happiness. Oh my gosh, I'm going to tell my dad that. You should tell your dad yeah. that. <laughs> that might be a little too rude. Would it be too rude to <laughs> tell your dad? A little bit. I mean, a little bit. I don't know, man. Just going to call line. him now. Maybe if I just said it instead of paraphrasing and saying it would be rude. Uh, and where do you where do you hail <laughs> from? I am born in Sweden. Svaria. In Sverige. Uh, hey, hey, puss, puss. Tack så mycket. Var snällt. Tack så Infart, usfart. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. Infart, utfart. Infart, utfart. That's uh, entrance and exit, isn't it? Yes, yeah. for cars. I only remember it because it's got fart in it. It has fart. And then when you say slut, which means uh, stop or finished, it's uh, it's spelt like slut. Slut in fart. Yeah. Brilliant. Such a lovely language. Very um, nice. Uh, my parents are Chinese originally. Chinese originally, yes. born in Sweden, hence the Ying Li. Uh, Yu Ling. Yu Ling. Who's yeah. Ying Li? You <laughs> twisted it around. <laughs> that was that guy you got into the karate fight with in the air. <laughs> <laughs> that was my brother. Oh, he is. Uh, he's got some hard fists. Yes. Um, okay, great. Well, thank you very yeah. much. How long have you been in the UK? I've been here for, oh, sh- uh, seven and a half years. Seven. I think I met you when you first moved over, right? Because you were so mates, mates with our picture. Yes. That's I right. just took a sneaky photo of you and sent it to him. Yes. <laughs> And Reginald D. Hunter, full intro from you, please. Yes, my name is Reginald D. Hunter. Um, I'm from a place, I'm from Albany, Georgia. My parents are Lucille and Homer Hunter, and I have been residing in, the, in England for 22 years. Wow. wow. Uh, okay, lot to unpack there. Uh, the D, are we allowed to know what it stands for? I mean, if you must. I mean, Daniel, is it Daniel? No. Let's keep David. Guessing. No. Darren. No. Dexter. Nope. Dylan. Nope. Um, you're not going to get it. Diedrich. <laughs> no, you're not going to get it. Um, dildo. Donovan. Dildo? Dildo? Is it Dildo? That's my porn name. <laughs> dildo Hunter. That is a great... <laughs> R. Dildo oh, I feel Hunter. like I'm back in high school again. <laughs> I know, I know. Sorry, mate. Sorry. Hey, you're talking to a guy with the surname Christmas. I know exactly the feeling. <laughs> um, and also, uh, your parents' names... One, Lucille, mm. great name. Homer, classic. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And he still doesn't know. My dad's 100 years old, and he still has no idea who Homer Simpson is. Really? He doesn't that know why people perfect. chuckle when they hear his name. That is perfect. <laughs> He's 100. Yeah, he turned 100 last year. That's wow. amazing. Congrats. Oh, and if he was British, he'd get a letter from the Queen. He's supposed to get a letter from the President, but this current <laughs> one can't write. This current one can't yeah. write. Oh, he should have. Uh, Obama should have uh, yeah. been the can you imagine him getting a letter written in crayon from, <laughs> from Trump? That's amazing. Just um, turning on the crest. Happy birthday, Mr. Hunter. I'm great, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> Just get a MAGA hat in the post. Uh, brilliant. Well, welcome along. Thanks for uh, thanks for getting involved. Um, did, what was your first impressions when you moved to the UK? Like day one, landing at Heathrow, if that's the way you came in. Um you know, was there anything that really stands out to you? Any story? Like, for myself, I met my dad's cousins for the very first time, <laughs> uh, and I didn't know what they looked like. So I was at Heathrow Airport at 6 o'clock in the morning, 
after a 24-hour flight looking for people had a, that I had no idea what they looked like. Uh, and my dad had phoned them up. He'd only met his cousin once, 25 years earlier. Do you know what I mean? And he just got their number and phoned up. My son's coming over. Look after him. They were like, oh, okay. Um, so have you got any similar sort of encounters like who did you first live with any British people that sort of thing introductions to British culture Um, I remember the first thing an impression that hit me was uh, after my train had come from Gatwick and arrived at Victoria and some of the movies that I'd seen I saw my first person with spikes in their nose and purple hair and I was like oh wow (laughs) she's probably not Christian (laughs) (laughs) and um i went but on the tube on the way to where i was going to be staying that night um i met this woman and it turns out that she was a star trek nerd nice (laughs) like and so uh, she invited me to a Star Trek convention that was happening, and that was the first social activity that I did. <laughs> wow! And are you a Star Trek fan, or you were like, I'm just going to go with the flow? No, I'm a fan, I'm yeah. f- but I'm not a trekker. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm into the storylines, just not the uniform. Right. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't dress up. No, that's a shame. I'd love to see you dressed. As yeah, a yeah, job. you're that kind of guy. But um, <laughs> um, and I stayed with um some Nigerian born again Christians. Perfect. My sisters uh, have their own born again Christian ministries, and through the network, their network of underground black ministers, they I stayed in Hackney for a while. Yeah, right. And um, I was asked to leave after two weeks. Why? <laughs> Did they rumble you? <laughs> well, um, my way of living wasn't Christian enough for them, and, and, and you, you find that. Um, there are many different types of Christianities in the world, and everyone has their own version of how, how to yeah. go about it. And um, theirs didn't in, didn't include sex with girls. So. <laughs> <laughs> and who did you? Ha- where did you find yourself after that? Um, uh, it was kind of a mix match thing. I left Rada, and I was homeless for a few days. And homeless then, in London? Yeah, for two days. Wow. So where did you sleep? <laughs> um, I slept on a park bench. Yeah. Um, I, I stole sandwiches out of Tesco's. Um, I've since replaced them. I've I, since I've since replaced them. What you <laughs> made your own sandwiches at home and then yeah, took and them, put them in a box. And, I just <laughs> <laughs> and mine were and mine were better. <laughs> they had what, flavor and taste. What flavored sandwiches did you take? Uh, ham and cheese, something like that. Yeah, classic. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. It's it's hard to mess up ham and cheese. It's hard yeah, to do yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Nice. That's uh, that's a great origin story for first moving <laughs> to the UK. Full full spectrum there, uh, Evelyn. Yes. Well, I uh, moved here kind of on a whim, really. Like I think uh, a month or something, I decided, and oh, I was wow. here. And uh, so I joined a Facebook group on. Uh, I joined a Facebook group on Facebook. It was called London Swedes because apparently London is the biggest Swedish community outside of no Sweden. Wow. So we have like just a bunch of them here, yeah. or a bunch of us here. And um, you're I not talking about like IKEA employees, are you? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Mainly IKEA. They're just there in the basement making the meatballs. <laughs> Sending them up. So there's an underground demographic of Swedish yeah. people. Yeah, yeah. Cloaked. And there's actually like... Waiting. We have something... <laughs> this is a tangent, but we have something called... Um, we have loose tobacco in Sweden. And yeah. I think it's the only place that that's legal. It's illegal what, everywhere. loose tobacco? Loose tobacco. Uh, because you put it in and your... You chew on, uh, right? Oh, you, you mean like yeah. chewing tobacco? Snood? It's snooze. 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 Yeah, snooze. Snooze. It's not... Ch- we don't chew on it. We just place it in the mouth yeah. and then and, just... And it eats away at your gum as well, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, so it's, across, it's, it's across between chewing tobacco and, and snuff, what we call yeah. tobacco. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So you see these beautiful Swedish men, mostly yeah. beautiful, yeah. and then they smile and they've got no gums. Exactly. Yeah. And my my uh, teacher, actually, my uh, um, junior high teacher, had he'd done it for so long, he had he could stick his tongue all the way out his nose because oh, <laughs> he is, had just had a hole to burn through. That is a great <laughs> but, um, That's a hell of a party trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but here in... Uh, uh, you can't get it here so right. there are these Swedish pubs where you can just kind of go say a code word and then they bring you up to like a room and then they sell you sell you the stuff really yeah so that's this like is happening 
it, under our noses. It is. In London. It is, yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. It's a Cuban the Swedish out. underground. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> it's similar to... But, uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 yeah. It just reminded me that uh, when I first moved here, there was this place in Brixton, um, a West End food shop. Yeah. And there was this old black guy that, that worked in the front. And they sold food in the front, but they give you a little cheap weed if you want to buy it. And the old black guy would just be gray with a beard and just... You could be leaving with some food, and you'd be like, thank you very much. And he'd be like, enjoy. Uh, you could be leaving some weed. Thank you very much. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only New Zealand equivalent I had to that was behind New Zealand House, uh, which is New Zealand em- Embassy. There was a shop that sold um, sweets from back home. <laughs> it was called Kiwi Fruits, and you could go in there and buy pineapple lumps. Which are, uh, <laughs> it's a, a chewy pineapple sweet covered in chocolate. Oh, wow. And in New Zealand, you could get a bag of them for like $1.50. And I remember paying four pounds for them and doing <gasps> oh. the calculations at the time going, that is $12 for a packet of sweets. That yeah. is insane. But that was, that was my underground secret sort of, you know, because it, I had to find out from other Kiwis. They were like, man, if you want, if you want to get a hit of uh, Buzz Bars, you've got to... Go to New Zealand and see, go down the alleyway behind it. Kiwi fruits, buzz bars. Yeah. Buzz, buzz bars are great. Bars. Yeah. That anyway. sounds uh, vaguely illegal as well, actually, buzz bars. Well, they do give you a bit of a buzz, but it's literally <laughs> just a bit of marshmallow, a bit of caramel wrapped in chocolate. Lovely. It's good times. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Go on. You first got here then. So and I first you got, got here. involved in, in crime immediately. <laughs> exactly. We. Uh, so I found one of these people... Um, that would do this thing, but they had a uh, an apartment in uh, Kennington. In Kennington. Kennington. So I was like, okay, you know what? It seems like a good deal. I'll just move in there, and then we'll sort it out. And I moved in there. It was a really lovely apartment, but they were all kind of rockers, and they were all young, and they all worked in bars. So it was like partying every night and drugs every night and just like really loud music Mm -hmm. and i was like ah then after the weekend was over i was like hey i'm leaving (laughs) but i'll pay you the i'll pay you the rent that i said i would but i'm gonna go and so i i left and just went and stayed at a hostel Mm. in elephant and castle wow and then took like two weeks to find a place and ended up in stratum which arguably i don't know if it was better but (laughs) but uh that's harder to get uh, to where i went to i i ended up living for two weeks with my uh kiwi cousin in a house in maida vale very posh area um and they were in a big four bedroom house and did the classic of cramming in. I think at one point there were 17 of us mm-hmm. in there. They uh, in the, the they'd split the living room in two with IKEA bookshelves <laughs> and blankets and turned the living room into two bedrooms, which three people were on each side. It was ridiculous. And I remember being there for two weeks going, I can't. I can't keep living like this. I've got it. Whereas some of them had been there for two years living wow. like that. Do you know what I mean? Because they, they would just save up money to then travel and then they'd come back. Yeah. Whereas I was like, no, I've got to do some stand-up. Uh, <laughs> I remember actually, now that you say, I I moved into a uh, warehouse during those two weeks after the hostel because it was getting too expensive and we could stay in the warehouse um, without paying, but it was like 18 rooms that they'd converted in this warehouse with one bathroom and Amazing. bath. Perfect. And it was th- horrid. It was yeah. really awful. And it's so like were you squatting? We were squatting. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. we were squatting. You were homeless and stealing from Tesco's, and you were illegally squatting. <laughs> this has turned into the crime episode. I love it. I feel really left out. I ha- I didn't do any criminal activity. Ah. Uh, I'll tell you what I did do. Uh, the uh, used to buy travel cards. You remember travel cards for the yeah, tube? Yeah. So after a year, you could use them again. Is that Wait, right? Yeah. What? You could use them again if on the on the specific dates because they just reused whatever code was going through the thing. So my flatmate was an actor, and he just would go through his tax returns from the year before, and he'd pull out these weak travel 
travel cards. And you had to go with like three or four because the weeks wouldn't correspond. So you'd have to stand there and just slide two or three in until one worked. And then you'd be, all right, I've probably got this for another three or four days. It's great. That's amazing. Yeah. Until they closed that loophole pretty quick when I think they, <laughs> yeah. they advanced the technology. Um, and what's one thing, what's one thing from back home? I mean, I don't, you've been here 22 years, mate. I, I still do this and it drives my wife nuts as I say back home a lot. And I say, uh, do you guys over here do, uh, do you guys do this? And she's like, you've been here 20 years. You know whether we do that or not. Um, but is there one thing from the States that you would like to see more of here? It could be an attitude, it could be a, a phrase to, or a thing. I used to say I'd like to see more optimism over here like the States. <laughs> But that optimism is, has been missing from the States itself recently. Yeah, it has been. You're absolutely right. Uh, so it can, it's not optimism then. I'll throw it to Evelyn first. I mean, obviously, I mean, I've stayed here 22 years, so whatever's missing in the States, I'm okay. <laughs> you're, you're, all, you're all right with it. Is there, some, is, but like, is there something you would like to... For example, uh, I remember a British friend of mine called Kate in New Zealand who loved getting people to in New Zealand to eat British Marmite. Oh. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Is there anything like... And by the way, I loved it. Uh, still do. Uh, very so is there a difference between British Marmite and New Zealand Marmite? Yes, big difference. New Zealand Marmite is a lot tamer than oh, British Marmite. Is that right? Yeah. British Marmite for me is like, well, when I first had it, it was like a kick in the face. With like, mm. Wow, I'd have to have three tablespoons of New Zealand Marmite to get that strong a taste. New Zealand Marmite is very mild. I had that experience with English mustard. Yes, at a, hot was, English mustard. I was at a buddy's house, and he said, make yourself a sandwich, man. And I was like, English mustard. Arrogant motherfuckers. Mustard is mustard. <laughs> and I spread that stuff on, and after two bites, it felt like fire was coming out my nose. Like, God yeah. God, I, I dropped the sandwich and everything. Jesus! Yeah. Incredible. There used to be, there's, there's a great 24-hour bagel shop on Brick Lane. Mm -hmm. Have you been there? Yeah, I've been We there. used to go oh. there all the time after playing um, Comedy Cafe mm -hmm. or Lee... Hearst backyard mm -hmm. and the hot English mustard there on it's... a salt beef bagel. Wow. Yeah, I can't take on. it. Yeah. yeah. Hot had... English mustard. Well done. It's awful. Yeah. It's like horseradish. It's pure horseradish. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> Is Sweden got a mustard? We have a mustard. It's sweet. It's uh, it's mustardy, but oh, it's yeah, very course, sweet. Yeah. yeah, we're very mild. China have a mustard? Uh Chinese stuff? Mm -hmm. Chinese <laughs> mustard. We have mustard greens, right? Uh, which we pickle, <laughs> yeah, and eat with uh, pork belly. Oh. But we don't. I don't think we have like mustard mustard. Mustard mustard. But pe Chinese people like mustard. Very sweet, isn't it? It can. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Just, so English mustard would be the hottest, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. I mean, I didn't, so well done, England. I've, you won. I've, I've never associated uh, heat with mustard before I came to England. Really? Yeah. It's yeah. No. Insane. It didn't, it didn't even occur to me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not I don't know. I don't even know if I have any in the house now. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Last for ages. Yeah. Um, so what are you bringing over? I would bring over social stability. No, <laughs> Welfare. Uh, no, I'd bring over. We have a phrase in Sweden called like when we're Sweden, they're very reserved. They're very like we have something called they're very semi skimmed. Right. Is, is a phrase, but that wouldn't be the phrase I would bring over. It would be another phrase that we usually use that remind people that we are semi-skimmed. It's like everything needs to be just um, just enough. You can't go over, you can't go under. Okay. And so it's like sometimes when you're having fun, somebody will point out that you're having fun, and then somebody else will say, oh, maybe make a joke, and then a third person will say, but we're not going to have that much fun. Okay. So the phrase is, we're not going to have that much fun. Yeah. Which like is... Like control the fun. We're going to control the fun. Yeah. There, it's a day tomorrow as well. Yeah. So just save a bit of the fun bank mm -hmm. till then. Yeah. Um, which I think exemplifies the Swedish Absolutely nature. Absolutely does. Really well. I don't think that will take off in the UK. No. <laughs> Can you imagine being in a pub and someone's like, should we get in another round? And yeah. you're like, Can we save a bit of this fun for tomorrow? And yeah. Like, I, I'm here to drink to not think about tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> another thing that fueled my curiosity and my desire to come to England 
was my love of Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Ah. Okay. Which um, Rumpel was was a fan of Sherlock Holmes. Yes. And, and what happened was I was in Jackson, Mississippi. It's the first time I left home, and I was working at an equity theater. And I was in a van one day, and I saw this article, and I found uh, on a, that was left, uh, uh, and it referred to Sherlock Holmes, the only woman to ever beat him in a case. Mm-hmm. And I could, and, and it sounded familiar, and I couldn't think who it was. And so I went to the local libraries, and they couldn't help me. So eventually, what did you ask when you went into the library? I want a book about Sherlock Holmes being beaten by a woman. <laughs> uh, no, I was, I, was, I, was, I was a bit more elegant than that. <laughs> <laughs> being bested by a bested. lady. Yes, yes. Who was the woman that's, that, um, that bested Sherlock Holmes? <laughs> and anyway, no one helped me. So I eventually got the number to the British Sherlock Holmes Society. Wow. <laughs> what, in America? No, here. Here. <laughs> and I got the number. And I looked at it for a few days, and I finally got up nerve to call. And this one, this lady asked, and she says, "I'm Sherlock Holmes Society." And I said, huh? "And I was so nervous and so geek, so geek to speak to an actual British person." Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like, "Hi, my name is Reginald D. Hunter. I'm calling from Jackson, Mississippi. I'm calling with a query regarding um, a Sherlock Holmes case in which he was uh, beaten and defeated by a, 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 a woman villain. And I and lady just said, sir, the woman's name was Irene Adler. And the story is called Scandal in Bohemia. Is there anything else? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, um, no, I think that about covers it. <laughs> but I loved her voice. Yeah. And, and not only did she have that British accent, but she spoke to me with that I'm barely keeping my patience British yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah. Just, and it's like, it's like, oh my God, I, I've never had someone be rude to me and it be so sexy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's <Sir>. amazing. <laughs> I, I remember, um, I always liked the British accent. And then because, and I think it all comes from when I was about... 11 years old because my dad was in the New Zealand army um, and when I was 11 years old a friend of his from the British army came and stayed with us Mm -hmm. and his wife came along and she was a nurse for the NHS Um, and my memory of her is stunning but (laughs) also just having like a quintessential British accent and she taught me how to make a proper cup of tea um and i think i just i didn't realize that at the time but i think i was in love with her and from then on i was quite obsessed with like the british accent and so when i first um moved over here friend of, uh, i think my third day here a friend of mine took me to the prince charles cinema to watch raging bull mm-hmm. but all the adverts were with british accents and i hadn't watched tv over here yet and I just sat there giggling and excited, going, I can't believe. And it's ridiculous, but just English accents and adverts. Mm. I loved it. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. And I thought, I'm, I'm really going to love being here. I've told being- my British friends, I said, that, that British, that English accent, that is a wonderful cultural inheritance. Yeah. It serves you around the world. Even if you don't have money, you can just use that. In fact, I have this joke that I'm using now when I talk about when I go back home. I always make sure I take a white English person with me, <laughs> just in case. It's nice to have someone with you like that when the police stop you. Yeah. It's nice to have someone with you like that that sounds like they just might know someone at the embassy. I used to like what what I thought was a British accent, but then realized were just American accents putting on a British accent. Yeah. And so whenever now I try to do one, that's the accent I do, and it yes. drives my housemates insane. Yeah. Because I sound so fake. I, uh, Thank you so much. <laughs> I, I have this thing that I do sometimes, uh, this voice. I, um, my, my friends and I, we call it my Negro Hitchens. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mix between Peter Hitchens. And, yeah. <laughs> and I was home last Christmas, and my sister, she comes up to me with some tea bags, and she says, this is parsley tea. This will stop your farting. And I said... Why on earth would I ever want to do that? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good accent. I've been here 20 years and I've yet to master an English accent. I used to take the piss out of my wife by saying, I'm going to Pizza Express. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But I I had to do an audition um, 
for mm. the Hobbit film. Ooh. So I get called in for the audition, right? My agent at the time says, uh, I said, what about the accent? And she said, well, it says any accent. I'm like, great. So I go and I nail this audition, right? Feel good about it. I'm like, yeah, it's for one of the dwarves in The, in the Hobbit. And um, at the end, the guy auditioning me says, yeah, really strong Kiwi accent there. And I was like, yeah, I was told it could be any accent. And he said, yeah, any British accent. So why don't you do it again? Just do a British accent, yeah. okay? And action. Didn't give me enough time to say to him, I can't do any. And genuinely, I started uh, West Country, then I went Welsh, and I ended on Cockney. And genuinely, I, I pretty much said, I wonder why he went back in. Bilbo, I mean, <laughs> what chance has he got against the dragon? <laughs> and then my final line was, a lot of people are going to die. And <laughs> I struggled through the whole thing. And this guy just sat there with a stunned look on his face. And he said, uh, I don't think you're going to get the part, but uh, I'm going to include it anyway because, um, you know, we, we see a lot of these things. And I, I think this is the kind of light relief they'll need. And, and Are that you was serious? Because yeah, he said it was one of the funniest things he'd ever seen was me struggling to commit to just one <laughs> British accent. Um, but the British accents, man, they just... When I first met um, uh, uh, Ross Noble mm -hmm. with the Geordie accent, oh my God, so sing-songy. Yeah, that, that, that like, accent don't come out much in the movies that you get about no, Britain. No, it doesn't, does it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I met him in, in, in New Zealand and I never encountered that accent. And I think uh, when he was performing in New Zealand, if other New Zealanders were like me, A, he was funny, but I was just transfixed with it. I was like, just say anything, mate. I want to hear you say anything. Um, and uh, another British, like the when I first encountered proper Cockney accent, I was in an elevator with a plumber, and uh, he was talking to me, and I knew he was speaking English, but I did not know what he was saying. And it was the longest hour, you know, just going, yeah, yeah. And at the end, he just looked at me and slowed down what he was saying. And he said, you haven't understood a word I've said. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I haven't. But I understood that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, because he slowed it down and really over and under, do you know what I mean? Like, he yeah, was yeah. I get it. No, I, you yeah. understand certain, I mean, yeah. uh, like, <laughs> I know it's like, like sometimes I, when I go home, um, my Britishness comes out, my, my, right. my quiet Britishness. You know, like when you're gambling and playing cards with some of the dudes and somebody says, read them and weep, I win. And you you find yourself going, you bloody bastard. <laughs> <laughs> bloody preposterous. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I find and when I go back to New Zealand that they say that I sound like a pom. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask if your, your New Zealand accent has mildened. Um, Mildened. I'm Mildened. Yeah. I'm Mildened. Mildened. <laughs> Mildened uh, of Mildor. You don't have that uh, piss. <laughs> what was it? Piss. You said, you said, you say. Piece of piss? Piss, yeah. Piss. <laughs> that's, that's my Kiwi accent. I think it's purely from, uh, purely from trying to get people to understand me. So Ooh. the thing that really frustrated me when I first got over was asking for a pen. Because they people would say, a pen? I'm like, no, no, a pen. So I just started saying writing implement and um <laughs> another one is packet of crisps right packet. in new zealand it's a packet of chips oh mm -hmm. yeah. and you, you learn pretty quick over here and i i fell into it in america as well ordering room service and asking for a plate of chips i remember the first time and I then went. getting a plate of crisps because chips you know <laughs> yeah, I was like, of course it is yeah. i needed to say fries i remember that first time i went home i explained it to my mother i said um I said, in, in England, biscuits are actually cookies over here. Oh, yeah. And she said, uh-huh. And I said, in their version of an actual biscuit, they, they call it a scone. It's actually a cold biscuit with you know fruit and stuff in it. And she looked at me, and I swear to God, she went, Lord, have mercy, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, do, you, do you have any... Any Britishism-isms that are in you now that when you go home, hang out with your family, you'll say something and they'll be like, hang on a second. I swear a lot. Yeah. No, okay. Uh, Lou, I tend to say Lou now. Yeah. Uh, when I'm there. What did you used to say? 
toilet toilet yeah now but Lou. now it just sounds gross yeah. it sounds disgusting to say toilet yeah. Lou is such a sweet kind of innocent word yeah uh, for what you're about to do <laughs> go and do um, that rhymes with poo doesn't it it does i'm yeah. gonna poo with the loo this yeah. just in <laughs> Only just figured that out. I'm 40 years old. <laughs> Never rhymed poo with loo. I just pooed in the loo. Um, I think that's something that I do, and also I apologize a bit more. Yeah, which is uh, something uh, that I yeah, that I didn't yeah. used to do too much, uh, and I cue better. Yeah, which is a stereotype, but I actually I will whenever I'm at. Uh, kind of at uh, the airport and we do the whole thing with the conveyor belt thing. Yeah. And it's complete chaos. Um, I I find it really frustrating. Yeah. But then I, I just wait until everybody's done and I'm the last one really? to and grab my thing. Lonely on the yeah. conveyor belt. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, that is patience. Can't. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it? I just didn't play on my phone. Yeah. Because I just can't, um, I can't bear it. And uh, Too much chaos. Since getting over here and building your uh, comedy careers, um, British comedians that have influenced you? If any. I can can read a few off the top of my head. Uh, Sean Neal would be one. Yes. Um, Who else? Uh, Daniel Kitson. Yep. Uh, I I, I took from Kitson how to open shows. Um, Go on. No. Um, <laughs> 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 um, what else did I oh, look? There's so many. Um, um, a bit of Tim Vine. Yes. I like that silliness. Yeah. And I took from Tim Vine that you know, there's no one right way to do it. Yeah. I mean, as long as uh, as, as long as your enthusiasm and your passion is obvious, and it's like okay, all right. And he helped me take myself a little bit less seriously. Yeah, that's that's a great shout. Great shout. I can completely see that. Um, my, I had a similar learning curve with, in uh, early 2000, I went to Melbourne Comedy Festival. I just paid my own way over there, stayed in the backpackers, and then uh, went to the box office um, and said to whoever was working behind the counter, you know, I don't know who to see. I'm here for 10 days. Can you build an itinerary for me? Mm-hmm. Who are the hottest tickets and t- who should I be seeing? And so that night I saw five shows. I started with Adam Hills, mm-hmm. um, which was like a great sort of motivational speaker, mm-hmm. uh, funny motivational. So that's important to say, cause it was really funny, but walked away feeling. You I know, can. Yeah. I and can. jubilant, mm-hmm. like, yes, I can do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this is where the real learning started. Adam Bloom, followed by Boothby Griffo, mm-hmm. followed by Johnny Vegas, mm-hmm. and then um, Johnny Vegas overran so much that I missed Bill Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the guys at a venue felt sorry for me, so snuck me in to see the Mighty Boosh. Mm-hmm. And that is, from, I went from New Zealand just, you know, a, a bloke, sometimes a lady behind a microphone telling jokes. Mm-hmm. And that was my concept of stand-up comedy. Did you say sometimes a lady? Sometimes. Yeah, this is the late 1990s, mate. Of course it was sometimes a lady. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, he means I remember like... the 90s differently. So. <laughs> in New Zealand, it was oh, sometimes okay. a woman, as in there weren't many women doing comedy. Okay. Not what that I mean. Jared was sometimes oh, a lady. I wasn't sometimes a lady. Okay. Oh. <laughs> No, oh, no, you, what I was meaning. You left that is, part of your act behind, my, didn't you? <laughs> my uh, impression of stand up comedy from what I had seen in New Zealand okay. was a man telling jokes, okay. sometimes oh, a lady okay. telling I'm back, jokes. I'm back, I'm back, I know what's happening. But now. that did not stop me wearing my mum's underpants. Um, <laughs> so, so, just then, I had a similar thing of like, you can do whatever you want up there mm-hmm. as long as. You're authentic. You're authentic and it's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, Evelyn? As me, I think uh, James A. Castor is great. Yep. Uh, but I think I look at a lot of my kind of friends, um, the people that you are out gigging with. Because they'll be there for you. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hold on, we're going to do the clap. They'll be there for me when the rain starts to pour. Um, but I, I like Sean uh, McLaughlin yes. is amazing. Uh, what I like about Sean McLaughlin, have you seen Sean McLaughlin? When he first started out, his whole shtick was being poor. 
Was it? And not being able to afford things. And that was his whole <laughs> shtick. But then he started doing pretty well. And suddenly it was like, you can't do that Because <laughs> blatantly, you're doing pretty good out of comedy now. Yeah, yeah, and then it turned to unhappy. Yeah. But now he's pretty happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard to continue yeah. to find, you know, adequate discontent as a yeah, stand-up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like adequate discontent. Uh, mate, that's a show title right there, <laughs> Adequate Discontent. Were, were, you aware, so were you aware of any British... Stand-up comedians before coming over? No, no, no. I think I'd seen I'd seen Russell Peters, who's a Canadian comic, yeah. um, and then I'd seen Pablo Francisco because that was just like as YouTube started becoming a yeah. thing, and that was the stand-up that I knew. Um, and then when I started doing stand-up, it was like, oh, okay, watch the Americans. Right. So you watch what was it? You know, obviously Jerry Seinfeld, but then. When I moved here, I discovered this whole kind of scene of comedians. Yeah. Because it was so um, cut off. Weirdly enough, we're, Sweden's much closer to England, but our, our Sweden's so Americanized. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we get so much influence from America. So when I came here, it was like, oh my God, Jimmy Carr, Catherine Ryan, um, and all of these wonderful, like McIntyre and everything. And uh, then people started going over to Sweden yes. to perform. So, um, and also I met Al Pitcher, yeah. who's your friend. Yes. Another Kiwi com- comic. I think he's everyone's friend. You know Al <laughs> Pitcher. Like, you know Al. Yeah. 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 yeah well, um, so Al Pitcher started same time as I did. So back in 2000. Yeah. Um, and wow. uh, by the way, Al Pitcher's great Kiwi comic. Yes. Who is now one of the biggest comedians in sweden oh yes is that yeah. right yeah. yeah i did not know that he's on a stadium yeah. tour right now wow he's the only but in one very al pitcher style he's yeah. very <laughs> he's very um what do you call it uh, you know it's a very kiwi trait to be re- like painfully down to earth um in that you know i was like this is incredible you're doing stadiums he was like yeah, but they're only like 6,000 seaters. It's not like British stadiums. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what are you on about, me? 6,000 people in one night. Crazy. That's typical Al. Because that was yeah. the thing. When he came over, I left right after he came over, I think. It, it was amazing to watch. Yeah. Like, he was he was just a whirlwind of like... Because I think he improvised most of those shows yeah, yeah. that he did. Um, because we were... Both of us were heavily influenced from... Ross Noble in yes, our, in our yeah. early days. Yeah. Um, you know, we used to go and watch Ross Noble whenever we possibly could. Yeah. Um, and Ross was very, as we know, is very freewheeling. Um, and I don't know if there were comedians before him who uh, were like that. I'm not sure. There probably is. Uh, the only one I can think of is, um, what's his name from Have I Got News For You? Merton, oh. Merton, oh. Uh, who's an improviser. So there would have been that ah. improv thing. Um, and so, yeah, me and me and Al growing up on the open mic circuit were obsessed. And there was a couple of us, uh, no, more like three or four of us. So we would show up to open mic gigs and you'd want to get on before the others because you'd go on and just do stuff about oh. the room. And if you were the fourth one out of the four of us who were into doing that, you're getting on there and you've, you've got to find something that someone else hasn't mentioned in the room. So suddenly you're, you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, the window pane is like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because everyone's dealt with the carpet and what the chairs look like and the people in the room. So you're searching for this other thing. So, um, and that was a real Ross Noble thing. And, and that Monty Python surrealness, you know, so uh, yeah. he's got that, uh, you know, it was all about owls and monkeys and, uh, but it was all improv and, and freewheeling. It was beautiful and funny. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd seen anything like that. Yeah. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Um, and it was, he was hysterical for like an hour. And it was like, what did he just do? Yeah. I have no idea. Um, and so after seeing Al do that, I think that, uh, that, uh, that I, I got influenced by trying yeah. to do something similar, just to go up and talk. And then I now find that that's, I really enjoy that talking to the audience and stuff, yeah. but I still, I'm not as brilliant as, as he or, or you guys I were. I remember there's a quote that I picked up from an article I've read, uh, Eddie Izzard. Yep. Eddie Izzard, and this, I, I read this early in my career and it sort of changed things to me. He says, you want to grow as a comedian? Take your best joke and leave it out 
and then see what you're made of. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. That that's like right. uh, that's like he who shall not be named Louis C.K. <laughs> said as well. Just like he would cl- open with his closer yeah. every night. Well, mm. here we go. That's what Mickey Flanagan told oh. me. So you, you know, Mickey, when we all knew one of the best comics in the country was Mickey Flanagan, but mm. TV people and everybody else didn't know. Uh, so Mickey was just headlining everything, mm. and I remember being at Cardiff glee with him having drinks afterwards and uh you know older comic passing on advice to you and he basically just said uh that bit you're closing on how long you've been closing on that i was like i don't know six months and he said move it to the start Mm -hmm. and then try and follow it and then because then every you'll bring everything up to that level and then you'll find a new closer and then do the exercise all over again and that's how you keep improving making stuff stronger because if you just keep closing on that same bit again and again and again nothing else is getting stronger mm-hmm. um and you know but obviously you see like mickey, mickey flanagan speaks yeah <laughs> do you speak like that is that my is that mickey Flanagan? all right all right yeah. all right <laughs> i'll have the whole bottle is that we're going out out is that is that a pretty good mickey flanagan pretty good just I looking think. at yeah but i've got to look at the uh british people in the room that they're all shaking it. <laughs> no, I, like it that, I like it that the Chinese Swedish person said great impression. Yeah. <laughs> the British people were like, absolutely not. Because um, I just remember the. Um, you know uh, what? It, it, I've never been with a British person and watched and been with them and watched a non British person performing and doing a British accent. I've never watched something like that with a British person and heard a British go. That's a spot-on accent. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, what a fantastic British accent. They nailed us. Never hear that from them. <laughs> hey, team, it's me, Jared Christmas, here with a quick message from our sponsors, Union Jack Radio. They're a brilliant national radio station playing the best British music from the past eight decades and a ton of classic and original comedy. Union Jack has more comedy than Radio 4. True story. Find Union Jack Radio on digital radio, online, or just ask Alexa, you lazy prick. On with the show! Well, I think now is a perfect time to move on to a very important part, the citizenship test. Boom, boom, boom. This, uh, this test is whether, basically at the end we find out whether... Uh, either of you are allowed to stay here. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's, it's full on. It's really serious. Uh, we're going to start with the first one. Name three flavors of crisp in the top ten selling Walker's brand of crisp in the UK. This list is from late 2018. Um, I wasn't able to find a more recent survey on crisps. <laughs> so if there's anybody out there whose job is to create surveys, we need another survey on crisps. So... Uh, we're after three flavors. This is Walker's Brands Crisps. Three flavors in the top ten. Um, prawn cocktail is prawn in cocktail. there. Prawn cocktail. Okay. Oh, and bonus point if you get the number one. Oh, okay. So prawn cheese cocktail. Cheese and onion. Yeah, yeah cheese, cheese and, and onion. onion. Salt, Salt and vinegar. vinegar. Salt and vinegar. Yeah. Those are three. That is three. Oh, you're working as a team? I love it. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> Great. No, you're working as a team. All right. So you've said salt and vinegar, that's definitely in there. Cheese and onion, that's definitely in there. Um, and what else did you say? Prawn, Prawn cocktail. cocktail. Okay, so coming in at number seven, uh, seven, no, six is prawn cocktail. Okay, yeah. Um, cheese and onion, second. What? Wow. Second. Boom, boom, boom. Salt and vinegar, third. Oh, my God. What? Should we guess for the first? You've got to get, guess for the first. <laughs> Top flavor. Plain. Ready salted. Guys, it's not called ready plain. salted. Ready salted. Oh god. Estimated sales numbers uh, of, of one point. The blandest thing. Okay, it's not course. bland. Okay, I love yeah. the name as well. Yeah. Ready salted. Yeah, like, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. we've already salted this. You don't need to salt it yourself. <laughs> Which implies there were crisps years ago that people had to add their own salt to. <laughs> Which I love. There oh, there are. Yeah. These are you British, serious? British people. This is so ridiculous. Crisps, where you you open the crisps and then they had a small pack of salt and then you would no (laughs) to let you feel involved in the process. What is this country? What, what is this country? That is so insane. That's until how so recently? funny. Yes, I've seen that. Packet. Still, still, only still selling now. Salt and shake. 
Why like, would you need to go through that much work? Like, who was the genius who was like, hang on, let's just put the salt to it already? Yeah, the cheese and onion one's yeah. brutal, was it? Especially, okay, so ready salted <laughs> is number one. Oh my gosh. Um, estimated sales numbers, guess. What do you reckon? Oh, I couldn't. I'm, you couldn't even no, guess. No, no, no. Over a million, under a million. Oh, definitely. Over yeah, 10 one, million. No. <laughs> is, is it per it's year? No. Per year. Yeah. 1.3 million packets a year. Okay. <laughs> um, but listen to the drop off into second place cheese and onion, 709,000. And then the big drop then uh, to salt and vinegar. Oh, hold on. Mmm. 809,000, sorry. And then 790,000 for salt and vinegar. 569,000. 569,000, that's how you say it. Mm-hmm. For? Prawn cocktail. No. Oh, for the next, uh, next flavor. One, what do you reckon? Chicken. No. It is an animal, though. There is a chicken. It oh. is from an animal. Bacon. Oh, beef. Bacon beef. flavor. Beef. Oh, beef. beef. There's a beef chicken. flavor? Chicken. Yep. yep. Beef oh flavor. Chicken flavor. 301,000. Yeah. Uh, sorry, before that is another animal flavor. Bacon. Bacon. 485,000. Uh, prawn cocktail. <laughs> a measly 275,000. <laughs> oh, and this is so British. Tomato ketchup flavor. <laughs> That's strange. <laughs> you have tomato ketchup with everything, though, right? So why not? Yeah. Have crisps at two hundred thirteen thousand, barbecue two hundred thousand, and then new in at number ten as of two thousand eighteen. Never appeared in the top ten list ever before. Any ideas? Hummus flavor. Oh, <laughs> bring it on. Marmite. Uh, Marmite flavor. No. No. Oh, it's chili. Oh. Chili. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you did quite well there. You did quite that quite well. You worked as a team, which is great. It's, you know, normally we're not after that, but um, <laughs> you know, teamwork makes the dream work. You want me and Reg to challenge each other? Which northern city? <laughs> which northern Eng- English city has the world's most secure public car park? <laughs> Northern Birmingham. English city. Yes. Because oh, if you say northern UK city, you know, there's cities up in Scotland that are a lot more northern than oh, I northern see. England. So Some it's England. It's in England. <laughs> Some of the Scottish cities are more northern, but not all of them. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, like New Birmingham York. is more like the Midlands, so I guess. It's, I more, no, it's more north than Birmingham. Okay. Then Newcastle then that... is more north than Newcastle. Oh, I don't know. Might the geography. But it's not I'm going to go with Liverpool. You're going to say Liverpool? Mm-hmm. What yeah, are you saying? Uh, Preston. Preston. Derby. Derby. Or did you say Derby? Derby. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, but Do you know what? But it's a derby between two football teams, local football teams, yeah? yeah. My favourite derby is the Terence Trent. Okay. Uh, yeah, open with that. You're tonight. already open a citizen, that. aren't you? When I opened with that in the late 80s, early 90s, it went very well. Uh, Derby, the Bold Lane car park, uh, has not seen one case of theft <clears throat> or vandalism in the last eight years. It but, is known oh. as the most secure car park. Uh, that fact gets in out. the world. That, that fact, that yeah. fact gets out. That's going to be heard as a challenge. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like it's because it's probably such a small town that you'd just be stealing somebody you know's car. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but it has four hundred and forty car park spaces. That's pretty decent. It's mm-hmm. not. It's not fucking around, is it? That's true. It's not. <laughs> it's not messing around, is it? <laughs> um, oh, this is a tough one. How many cities? In the country of Wales. <gasps> How many cities are they? Oh my God. Are there? And there's a point for each city named. There's Cardiff. One point. Swansea. Two points. Aberystwyth. No, Mac- not a city. Is it not? It's a town. Oh, I see. So a city is above a population, a certain population. Uh, yes, but more specifically in the United Kingdom, it is if it has a cathedral. Because yes. population-wise, oh. Croydon should be classed as a city. But they haven't got a cathedral because London wants them to remain as a part of Greater London so they can get some of that sweet, sweet Croydon dollar. Okay. Right, Reg, you're really falling behind here, mate. Two what? points over here. What? Are oh, you working as a team? All right, mate. No, well, uh, but it feels as though Evelyn's doing all the work. Banger? Banger, yes. I mean, what a name. It sounds like a command <laughs> as well. Uh, is it Hertfordshire West? 
Nope. It, no, it's too small. It's like that voice at the end of Tekken. Bang her. Yeah. Bang her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, finish him. <laughs> Bang her. How many cities? So you've said three out I've of the three. potential six. Newport. Wait, there's six Newport, cities. Newport, correct, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, you just revealed there's oh, six cities. I did cities. reveal there's six cities. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I was going to get the rest, and you, you, you screwed that up. So. No, I haven't. What? You got four, so guess the other two. Oh, yeah, shit. there are two. You said Cardiff, Swansea, Newport, No, I didn't say Banger. Swansea. You said Swansea. Did I say Swansea? Yeah, you absolutely did. You said Cardiff, Swansea, Aberystwyth. Okay, thank like you. you were, like, you were, <laughs> like you were planning your tour of Wales. I am, uh, I am. I'll give clues. These, uh, the other two, um, they've got Saint in the title. Both of them have. Mm. I th- then I'm stumped. No, no. Okay, we're out. Yeah. St. David's and St. Asaph. Ah, never going to guess that. Yeah, I didn't even know about it. St. Asaph. It's got a Welsh name, but I thought of writing it down, but I... Um, my predictive text couldn't handle all the L's. Uh, okay, uh, you did okay on that one. Name the longest single train journey in the UK. Oh, this gosh. is without changing trains. To uh, UK, including Scotland. And is that? Scotland <laughs> part of the UK? It yeah. still is. I'm going to say London to Glasgow. You can say that, and you'd be wrong. Oh man, Edinburgh, London to Edinburgh. You would be wrong. Oh my god. Much longer than that. Long, London to Aberdeen? Aberdeen. Oh, Aberdeen is, is one of the points, yeah. It's got to be further away than London. Oh, oh, oh okay. Uh, oh, um, Southampton, Southport? Nope. Oh. There's some pirates down there. Plymouth? Nope. Oh. Penzance. Penzance. From Penzance. Yeah. <laughs> Aberdeen to Penzance. There's one train a day, leaves at 8.20 a.m., travels for 13 and a half hours, making 33 stops, traveling 722 miles. Uh, And you can probably, buying a ticket on the day, guess how much? Buying a ticket on the day. 232 pounds. More. Jeez. (gasps) 500? Just under 480 pounds. Oh my God. (laughs) Who would choose that option? And that's not even first class. <laughs> do, you right. do, do you do? Yeah, I just want. I'd love to do that yeah. journey. Just thirteen hours. Like 13 you and need and a to do a podcast on that journey. <laughs> Picking up different comedians <laughs> along the way, and like we're in hour twelve. We're still on the train. It's <laughs> a good idea. Write it down. Write it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, the final part of the citizenship test is ye oldie British words, oh. right? I will give you a ye oldie British word and you try and guess what it means. Okay. Just go for it. Just guess for it. Okay. We're after answers here. Um, okay. And at the end of it, we'll, uh, you two will get to choose one word that we have to try and get back into common usage. Okay. okay. First word, crumpsy. Crumpsy means that when that time of the month for women and they get a bit obnoxious. Yeah, you're okay. crumpsy. I like it. I like it. Crumpsy is what's left in the frying pan after you make chips. <laughs> <laughs> I like both of those answers. And I think I'm going to have to give it to Evelyn because oh crumpsy means short tempered and irritable. Probably a local variation of grumpy. Ah. It's from Central England way back in the day. So crumpsy. So crumpsy. good shout. Okay. Flobby mobbly. <laughs> Flobby mobbly. That's what I penis. F L O B Y hyphen M O B L Y. Flobby mobbly from Central England again. I feel like that's what I am in my current state now. Okay. Describe your current state. Just fat. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> wait, wait. Uh, you're not fat. <laughs> <laughs> you're perfect. <laughs> you just feel fat. <laughs> it's a mindset, man. It's a mindset. Okay, so you Flump think flobby Flump. mobbly yes. means fat? Yes. Or is it the feeling of feeling fat? Feeling of feeling fat. Feeling of feeling fat. 
I don't, feeling I don't, of feeling I don't even fat. think that makes sense. But I'll go with it. <laughs> the feeling of feeling fat. Yes. Yeah. I like yeah. it. You can change your body, but it's easier to change how you feel about it. <laughs> that's the tough part Rich that's the tough part put it part. on a t-shirt should be on a poster in a school <laughs> motivational poster <laughs> alright uh, Reg what do you think Flobby Mobley is I, I, I was going to say flaccid penis yeah, flaccid yeah, penis yeah. okay flaccid go with flaccid penis, penis. Um, okay I'll just tell you what it is the perfect word for describing the feeling of not being unwell but still not quite feeling your best. It's a... Under uh, the weather? From Scottish, And the Scottish equivalent is a word, at wish and at ween. That's <laughs> really hard to say. So flobby mobbly means, you know, when you're a little flobby, bit... Mobbly. Uh, discombobulated, maybe. Uh, no? Yeah. I don't think it's going to make my bring back list. Uh, <laughs> but I do like the feeling of feeling fat. Yeah. That's great. Okay, here we go. Here's another one. <laughs> Innis, Innis, it's a jitty. Innis, it's a jitty. Innis, it's a jitty. Or it could be Innis, sit a jitty. Innis, sit a jitty. Innis, sit a jitty. Innis, I N I S I T I J I T T Y. Innis, sit a jitty. Innis, sit a jitty. Inner city jitty. Inner city jitty. When you live in a crowded place and you're afraid of the coronavirus. Nice. Or viruses in general. Vi- afraid of vi- viruses in general. Mm-hmm. Inner city jitty. Inner city jitty. Ridge? It's um, the original old English version of the Stevie Wonder song, Living for the City. <laughs> <laughs> Inner city jitty. I like both of them. Um, Innocitigiti uh, means a worthless, ridiculous-looking person. <laughs> Boris Johnson is Innocitigiti. He's an Innocitigiti. That's a lot of syllables for a it person is. that ain't There's a lot of I's in there. <laughs> I, in, I mean, spelling it out is fun. I-N-I-S-I-T-I-J-I-T-T-Y. You want that Y to be an I at the end, don't you? Mm. Just for the rhythm of it. Anyway, Limpsy. L-I-M-P-S-E-Y. Limpsy. When you just limp a little bit. Okay. I like it. <laughs> like a cute limp. Yeah. Oh, it's an endearing <laughs> limpsy. Oh, just a little bit limpsy. <laughs> just a little limpsy. I think limpsy. it's a uh, potion for when you have the flu or something. Mm. The early version of uh, limpsit. Limpsit. Oh, yeah. Limpsit. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you sure you don't want to use your uh, answer for flobby mobbly? Um... <laughs> As you mentioned it, I'm no, I'm not. I um, I uh, I've just been thinking. Maybe I, I'm glad you said that. I've flaccid penis. Well, it's close enough. Limpsy means limp and flaccid, often used in reference to someone just before they faint. Oh. Originally from the easternmost counties of England, but bor- but burrowed into the United States in the 1800s. Walt Whitman uh, used it in a poem of his writing. Oh, anyway, that's good. Uh, final one, Paddy Noddy. Paddy Noddy. P A D D Y uh, hyphen N O D D Y. Somebody's Paddy been. It's a, it's a Scottish person that sleeps a lot. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Paddy Noddy. Somebody who's been a little bit naughty, I think. Ooh. <laughs> a Scottish narcoleptic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Paddy Noddy <laughs> is. <laughs> Means a long and tedious story. Maybe an appropriate name for this show. Uh, <laughs> paddy Noddy. A Paddy Noddy. Oh, you just said, tell me, absolute Paddy Noddy. Um, which which word do you guys want to bring back? Uh, the last one. Paddy Noddy. Yeah, yeah, they were all pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, do you think you could use that? Like someone tells you, I like to call them anecdotes. When <laughs> someone tells you an anecdote and they dress it up with all the enthusiasm of a good anecdote and then it's just nothing well you know it's like one of my Pete Johansson jokes he says one night my wife said to me I can't sleep and I said you want me to tell you one of your stories (laughs) (laughs) yeah you want me to tell you one of your patty noddies that works well thank you very much both of you uh, for joining me in uh, in the heart (laughs) there's been three foreigners Walk into a bar. Big thank you to Evelyn Mock and Reginald D. Hunter. We are now going to go back where we came from and we're going to take all your jobs and all 
of your girl folk with us. <laughs> to another place. <laughs> Out of the country. But only if they want to. It's got to be consensual. (laughs) (laughs) And there'll be be sun. (laughs) Thanks for listening. There's plenty more where that came from. Union Jack Radio is the home of great British comedy playing classic and original comedy all day long. Fiddle your knob and finger your buttons and find Union Jack on digital radio, online, or just ask Alexa. Go on. Stop doing things for yourself. Get her to do it. Oh, and remember, subscribe to this podcast and leave a nice review or I'll come round your house with a baseball bat. I won't. I don't know how to play baseball. I'll, I'll come round with a cup of tea and we'll just we'll just talk it out, actually. I can't get closer than two metres, though, so I'll bring a straw. This podcast was produced by Fingers and Fringe for Union Jack. Union Jack.